Who's going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? And can the Falcons survive a week against their hated rival without Calvin Ridley? (laughs) We're going to talk about all that and much more on this crossover episode, Locked on Falcons, Locked on Saints. Let's get it. You are Locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome into another Crossover Thursday edition. You've got Aaron Freeman, Locked On Falcons, at Falcons on Twitter. Myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter. Thank you very much for being here with us as we break down and get ready for this Sunday's big matchup, division rivals, the hated ones, the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons. Going to be a ton of fun. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at McDonald's. They've been serving communities since 1965, and not only are they a place for you to go and grab a nice, tasty, affordable meal, but they are an unofficial community center, and we thank them for always being there. I'm loving it. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day. Aaron, it's going to be a big-time showdown between these two teams that have a lot of questions. Let's go ahead and get this one started with the biggest sort of storyline around the Atlanta Falcons right now. Yeah, you know, the big question right now is Calvin Ridley's absence. He he took a He's taking a break away from football to deal with uh, his mental well-being, as he put it. Um, you know, he's already missed a game. He missed the London game a couple of weeks back uh, and then came back and uh, – Clearly needs a little bit more time to to get uh, his, his his mind right, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. uh, and, and get focused back on football. And we don't really know how long his absence will be. Uh, Arthur Smith was asked uh, earlier today on whether or not Ridley will be there, and he essentially says, "I don't know." Um, and so, you know, this could be a one week thing. This could be a one month thing. This could be, you know, a season long thing. And without Calvin Ridley, you know, supplementing the Falcons' passing attack. Uh, it, it's really hard to see a lot of potential in this Falcons offense. It's basically the Kyle Pitt show, which is is a pretty entertaining show, if, if show. I don't say so myself. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's probably not enough uh, right now for this offense to sort of reach its peak because if this Falcon team is going to win games, it's going to be because uh, they can put up a lot of points on the board. Um, and right now, based off of what we saw last week against Carolina, you know, that was not a – game where they were able to put up a, a ton of points, 13 points in that game. Um, so it, it's one of those things where it's, it's a big question for the Falcon team moving forward. Uh, will some of the other players step up? Uh, Russell Gage, the team's de facto number two wide receiver, missed some time with an ankle injury, but was held catchless, targetless in that Carolina game. That's the second time this season he started the game and, and did not have a catch. He had that he also was held without a catch in that week one game against Philadelphia before his ankle injury. Uh, the Falcons just picked up Marvin Hall, a, a familiar face to Falcon fans. It certainly adds a needed element of deep speed. That's been a real problem for the Falcons offense when they've been able to produce points. It's largely been because they've been able to take shots down the field and primarily to Kyle Pitts. Uh, so they need, you know, a player like Marvin Hall to help fill those shoes uh, replaced by Calvin Ridley. But that's going to be a tough ask because Calvin Ridley can be that all everything wide receiver for you. And the Falcons just don't really have that outside of, of Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Do we think that Marvin Hall sees the field this quickly or will Atlanta take a little bit more time with him? I'm, my assumption is that he will not play this weekend. Uh, my assumption is that it'll probably take him about two or three weeks to, to get up to speed uh, before the Falcons, you know, unveil that that deep speed in their offense. 
Yeah, that's certainly a, a big element that they'll be looking for. And it's funny because New Orleans Saints are kind of the on the opposite side of the spectrum right now because they've mostly been focused on trying to string together and put together long drives as opposed to having these big explosive plays, especially considering what is the biggest story for the New Orleans Saints right now, which is who's going to be the quarterback. Jameis Winston won the quarterback competition over the course of the offseason, had a fairly successful season. I don't even want to say fairly successful. I would say very successful season uh, up until you know this this really unfortunate ACL injury that he just sustained up against Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. He's now out for the season. So will it be Taysom Hill, who's on his way coming back from a concussion that he suffered? It'll be about three weeks between when he suffered it versus this Sunday's game. Or will it be Trevor Simeon, who had to come in in relief of Jameis Winston, which was kind of always the plan. In-game, Trevor Simeon would be the replacement the following weeks. Taysom Hill would be the replacement. But is Taysom Hill going to be healthy enough to do that? Is that still what the New Orleans Saints want to do after seeing, you know, 29 attempts by uh, Trevor Simeon and a couple of nice drives, although a couple of questionable plays with the interception, the end zone, they got called back a couple of big misses in the flats, things like that. But, you know, that's him coming in an emergency situation. Are they more confident in terms of getting a full week of practice with them? So it'll be really interesting to see exactly where the Saints go here. Of course, this could all come full circle. Taysom Hill got his first start at the quarterback spot last year up against the Atlanta Falcons at home, threw for 233 yards, completed 78% of his passes, didn't complete any touchdowns, but ran for two touchdowns. But is he going to see that same level of success again, coming back into this situation and a replacement situation in place of Jameis Winston? So I I don't know which way the New Orleans Saints are going to go at this time, but that's the big story. Where are they going to go here? Do you have a preference in terms of which of these quarterbacks you would rather the Falcons face rather than the other? Well, given Taysom Hill's history against the Falcons, I, I would much rather see Trevor Simeon. He does uh, tend to ball out against the Falcons for some yeah. reason. You're absolutely yes. right. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's always like a 40-yard touchdown run in every game Taysom Hill <laughs> is playing as a Falcon. So I, I don't want to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, look, I, I think I, I, of course, see it the opposite way. I, I think it makes a lot of sense to me for Taysom Hill to be the starting quarterback, it just gives you, makes a defense have to account for an 11th player. It makes the defense have to account for a dual threat there. Taysom Hill is not the best deep passer. Everybody knows that, but I don't think Trevor Simeon is either. So either way, I think the passing game ends up getting condensed and you know uh, more attacking over the middle of the field, more attacking closer to the line of scrimmage. So I think in either way, in either situation, this could work for Taysom Hill. It just depends on with the New Orleans Saints also getting the news this week that Michael Thomas isn't going to hit the field this season. Do you feel that Taysom Hill's value as a pass catcher and as an offensive weapon is greater than that, that he brings you strictly as a quarterback? I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see the way that the New Orleans Saints figure out and go about all of that. But we're going to break this game down a little bit more. We got through the biggest stories. Now let's talk about the biggest matchups. What are some of the matchups that we're going to be watching? Uh, The New Orleans Saints defense has been impressive so far this season. Can they keep it up against Atlanta? We'll talk about that and much more as we continue on with this crossover edition of Locked On of the Locked On Podcast Network here with Locked On Falcons, Aaron Freeman, myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. Before we get to that, I want to let you know today's episode of 
This Locked On crossover is brought to you by our friends over at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's been an unofficial community center, a place where friends and family come to reconnect. Doesn't matter if you're friend or foe, if your teammates are competition, it doesn't matter. You can all go back to McDonald's to recharge. It's a place you can always rely on, even on those long road trips across the country as well. Aaron, I don't know about you. I remember going to McDonald's after church. I remember going to McDonald's after football practice. I remember going to McDonald's on those road trips. I remember it fondly and going out there, you know, all the, uh, my, I, my, I'm a chicken nuggy guy myself. I love me some nuggies. <laughs> I love me some McFlurries. And of course, I love me some fries. I still stop for the fries all the time. So a whole bunch of stuff for you to be able to take advantage of, including, of course, reliable Wi-Fi as well. So, you know, if you're looking for a spot to watch, you know, some more Locked On Falcons, some more Locked On Saints, maybe go and uh, find yourself a little spot over at McDonald's because they'll get you all taken care of. I've even seen people doing bingo nights at McDonald's in the past. So go and head out to your local McDonald's so you can refuel and reconnect. You know, I got to sing it, Aaron. You know, I got to sing it. Here we go. I'm loving it. So on that note, uh, you know when you're stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic, and I know the Locked On Falcons listeners that are down in Atlanta have this problem all the time. You're stuck on I-85, you're burning through a ton of gas, and you're just looking for ways to save more at the pump. Well, now you can with a new app called Get Upside. Uh, Get Upside, when you open an account there, you get 25 cents back per gallon when you fill up. And over time, that types of savings can really start to add up. Some people make as much as two to $300 a month when they open an account with Get Upside. And you not only can save money, but there's multiple cash out options. You can get pays payment directly into your bank account. You can get PayPal. You can get that money put into gift cards for like Amazon and whatnot. And now when you open up an account on Get Upside and use our special promo code touchdown, you get an additional 25 cents back per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents back per gallon. So you don't have to pay full price at the pump anymore. Download the free get upside app available at the app store or on Google play and use that promo code touchdown. When you sign up, that's get upside promo code touchdown to start saving every time you fill up. Thanks so much, man. I listen, I love that get upside app. I've been using it cause I've been having to drive a whole bunch. So I'm all about it. Got my Amazon gift card the other day. Gotta love it. All right. So let's continue on with this episode. This crossover episode, thanks so much for making us a part of your day and for making us your first listen of the day. Locked on Falcons listeners, Locked on Saints listeners, we appreciate you so much. And those of you that are new to the show, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, for your respective host, Aaron Freeman of Locked on Falcons, myself, Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. Aaron, let's start off with matchups here. Let's talk a little bit about this game. What are some of the big matchups that you're going to be looking forward to watching in this game? The, The matchups that can shift the complexion of this matchup. Well, you know, building off what we talked about in the first segment with the Falcons offense needing to find ways to generate points, you know, the, the offense is going to be funneled through Kyle Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we saw the team have success against the Jets and the Dolphins uh, doing that. Not so much success doing so against the Panthers. So Pitt was held to just two catches in that game after uh, having a combined 16 catches for 282 yards, I believe, in the first in the previous two weeks against the Jets and Dolphins. And so obviously uh, Carolina was able to do that by and large with, you know, having Stefan Gilmore in his uh, debut with that team 
uh, matched up against Pitts uh, a number of times in that game. And, and Gilmore did a really good job keeping Pitts in check. And I imagine, uh, given that this has been Marshawn Latimer's, you know, bread and butter, is that he's going to probably line up and be tasked with locking down Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, and so, um, you know, I think that matchup is going to be key and, and Kyle Pitts is going to have to step up his game quite a bit because Lattimore is certainly a corner that likes to be physical uh, with guys, much to the chagrin of Falcon fans who constantly complain about Lattimore getting away with uh, frequent penalties. But, uh, you know, you got to respect the, the veteran savvy that uh, Marshawn Lattimore has. Uh, to be as physical as you can possibly be uh, towing that line. So I think that's going to be the key matchup because if, if the Falcons can't get Kyle Pitts going, it's going to be really tough for their offense to to score a, a, a lot of points in this game um, and and really take, I think, probably an, another aspect of the Saints offense out of it, which is their run game, uh, because we saw Carolina rack up a ton of yards, uh, 203 yards, I believe, last week mm-hmm. against the Falcons and you know, you would have to abandon the run if if you have to get into a, a shootout type of mentality. And, and that kind of favors the Falcons and make the Saints maybe play a little bit left-handed. So they, they need to get Kyle Pitts going in this game. Yeah, I, I, um, let's let's hang around there for a little while longer because I, I do think that is going to be one of the, if not if not the premier matchup in this one. Um, I think one of the things to look at here is that when it comes down to the Atlanta Falcons, they're right in the middle of the NFL right now in terms of plays per drive, six plays per drive. So they're not putting together a ton of big, uh, a, a ton of long drives. So New Orleans Saints, over the course of these last few weeks, we've seen them put together three or four 10 plus play drives every single game over the course of the past few, particularly since that Giants game. And so over on the defensive side for the Saints, what that means to me is they have to eliminate the big plays from Atlanta. We can't let those big plays happen. They have to force Atlanta to piece long drives together, which has not been Atlanta's bread and butter, at least so far this season, so far. Now, I think, you know, Marvin Hall coming back to this team and being a part of that, that helps uh, generate some of those big plays. But I like what you said about him not being on the field. I'm perfectly fine with that. So when it comes down to it, the people that you're kind of trying to limit here are Kyle Pitts, which I agree will very likely be Marshawn Lattimore's assignment. Basically, ever since the Giants game, Marshawn Lattimore has shadowed the best receiver over the course of the past few games. And then it's either going to be Paulson Adebo or Bradley Roby or potentially CJ Gardner-Johnson, depending on if they end up in the slot. That is going to end up matching up with guys like Cordero Patterson, who has been a bit of a big play machine so far this season and has been that guy that they can deploy all over the place. you know. And so that's something that the Saints haven't really faced yet outside of maybe Kadarius Toney. But the Giants didn't start to get Kadarius Tony involved in the game until like the fourth quarter. So that basically saved the Saints from that, even though the Saints still end up losing that game. So I think if they end up eliminating, not eliminating, but neutralizing as best as they can, those two playmakers, Cordero Patterson, as well as Kyle Pitts, then it puts them in a good position. Falcons have not been, you know, a very uh, threatening team on the ground, which means that the New Orleans Saints on the flip side of all this to, to look at another matchup. The New Orleans Saints run game ends up being a big part of this for me. You're down your starting quarterback. You're not getting your star wide receiver back. The one star that you have and the most reliable option that you have on offense right now is Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara has not consistently had success against the Atlanta Falcons. So that's got to be a little bit different. A little bit of a blast from the past for Atlanta Falcons fans watching this one because they get the, the duo again of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Those guys have to get going up against this. Atlanta defense 
and then the the Saints have to be able to, I would say maybe play it safe and be able to string together some drives with the passing game. But for me, it's all about defense and the run game for the Saints in this one. Yeah, I think, you know, the battle in the trenches is, is always going to be important. And mm-hmm. with this Saints-Falcons matchup, historically, much to, again, much to the chagrin of, of Falcon fans, the Saints have generally won that battle uh, given both on both sides of the ball. Um, and, you know, again, as you were talking about with Carolina having as much success uh, running the football against this Falcon team, and you're going into this game with question marks at the quarterback position, uh, but you, you do have that combination of Kamara and Ingram that had a lot of success running the football in, in previous incarnations of the Saints offense. So I, I think everything's pointing towards the Saints being maybe probably a little bit more conservative. And if the same Falcons uh, run defense that showed up last week uh, shows up again this week, then I, that's going to play into the Saints' favor. But the reality is that the Falcons run defense, despite not giving up as much yards in the earlier weeks of the season has been equally bad, but it's just been mainly due to the fact that teams have either been not committed to running the football like Philadelphia and Tampa Bay in the first two weeks or later in games where the Falcons offense was able to put up enough points that teams basically abandoned the run in the second halves of games. Uh, Carolina was basically the first team all year long that was truly committed for four quarters to run the football. And I'm curious to see if the Saints are basically – going to, you know, echo that same game plan. Uh, and, and if they, you know, do, then there's a high degree of uh, potential that they'll have a lot of success doing it. Yeah. And that's the thing that the New Orleans Saints have done so far this entire season is that they have been a run team from quarter one to the whistle of quarter four. So to that point, the New Orleans Saints have done that quite a bit so far this season. One other matchup that I just quickly want to reference because there's a lot of numbers involved here and, and it's a whole thing, but Cam Jordan versus the offensive line of the Atlanta Falcons, Cam Jordan versus Matt Ryan. Is there a more history sort of defensive end versus uh, a quarterback sort of tandem in the NFC South than these two? Um, the, The amount of times that Cam Jordan has sacked Matt Ryan, the amount of times that the New Orleans Saints have sacked uh, or Matt Ryan is uh, kind of astronomical in comparison to other quarterbacks and other defensive lines around the NFL. So getting that pressure on Matt Ryan, or not again around the NFL, sorry, within the division. So getting that pressure on Matt Ryan is something I'm sure Falcons fans will be watching and certainly New Orleans Saints fans will be watching as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Falcons right tackle Caleb McGarry is coming off a pretty solid game against Carolina's pass rushers, but he's had good games, relatively good games against Cam Jordan and, and some really rough games against Cam Jordan. So, you know, it, it, usually the the trend the last couple of years with McGarry playing that right tackle position going up against Cam Jordan is one game he's pretty solid and, and Cam Jordan's relatively quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's still going to get his. But uh, then there's one game where Cam Jordan and, and that Saints pass rush some, somehow – goes off and gets like six or eight sacks or something ridiculous like that. So <laughs> I think that battle, as I said, the battle in the trenches is going to be pivotal. The Falcons cannot get owned in the trenches as they have done from too often over these years facing the Saints team. Yeah. So that'll be a couple of the matchups that we're going to be watching. Now let's talk about keys to victory coming up. But before we get to that for this Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints game, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag. You love betting on the NFL. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the line for this game as we uh, get into the third segment here. But first, you've got a whole bunch that you can get involved in over at betonline.ag. Honestly, if you can think about it, they have odds, props, opportunities to bet on it. And I mean just about 
everything. Your favorite reality TV shows, your favorite game shows, things like that, as well as other public interest things going on around the world. But also all your favorite sports. They even have your favorite Vegas casino games over there as well. So it, they look, they're our official online betting partner, and we would have it no other way. They're fantastic, and they have a ton of stuff that you can get involved in. I like doing my weekend eight-game parlays just to see if I could turn $10 into a bunch more money, bet on a bunch of favorites, and try to turn something out that way. That's always a very fun way to get involved as well. And to help you get involved, make sure that when you sign up and you put down your first deposit, it's use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, so you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put $500 down, you get an extra 250 on top of that on us on betonline.ag. So go and check them out. Don't forget, it's betonline.ag where the game starts. All right, everybody, we are wrapping up this crossover edition. Locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman is here. Myself, Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. Talk about the New Orleans Saints hosting the Atlanta Falcons here as we get ready for this uh, upcoming matchup on Sunday. Aaron, we've talked through uh, the biggest stories. We've talked through big matchups. Now let's talk about biggest key to victory or keys to victory for these teams. Why don't you kick us off with the Atlanta Falcons? What do they need to do to get a W in New Orleans? Yeah, I think it it boils down to the Falcons getting off to a fast start. They, Mm. you know, I I think if they can get out to an early lead, which has been something that they have not really done much at all this season. You know, I don't think they've yet scored a touchdown on their opening drive. Uh, The best case scenario is probably getting a field goal, but generally those first couple of drives, if the Falcons can get some points early on the board, uh, then I think they have a, a better shot at winning this game just because maybe that forces the saints to, not be as committed to running the football later in the game because they have to play a little bit more left-handed and whatnot. So I think if the Falcons can come out and punch the Saints in the mouth early in this game, I think that would certainly benefit them heavily in this game. Yeah, that would be huge. And and the New Orleans Saints haven't really had that happen to them so far this season, even though they've even started off game slow. Their opponents haven't necessarily come out and had a quick start either. So that would kind of put them in a situation that they haven't been managing before and now having to do so without their starting quarterback makes it all the more complicated. Uh, let's jump over to the Saints real quick, and then you'll know, we'll kind of just go back and forth with a couple of these. I think that a big one, just to go back to it, is going to be eliminating big plays. The New Orleans Saints defense has been absolutely phenomenal so far this season. They've given up a couple of big plays. They gave up a 41-yard touchdown to Mike Evans last week. You saw the big 52-yard touchdown to Kadarius Tony a couple of weeks ago. Big 50-plus-yard touchdown to Saquon Barkley. Those can't happen up against the Atlanta Falcons. It doesn't matter if the Atlanta Falcons don't have Calvin Ridley, if they no longer have Julio Jones, if they're struggling to run the ball or on the defensive side to stop the run. This is a divisional game. Divisional games are always tough. These two teams know each other extremely well, regardless of coaching changeover or anything like that. They're very familiar with one another. So the New Orleans Saints will have to eliminate those big plays. Those big plays are an easy way for Atlanta to come out early on and do exactly that and punch them in the mouth, eliminating those and playing up to their standard over the defensive side will be very, very important. The Saints right now, in terms of the injury report, um, uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins missing practice is a pretty big one because you want to talk about somebody that brings that film study, that brings that veteran knowledge, that brings that leadership to the field. Malcolm Jenkins, who hasn't missed a game in God knows how long, that, that would be a big loss for them. So that will definitely be something to watch over on the injury report that would factor into this very key. I think another key for the Falcons, this needs to be a, a Grady Jarrett game. Mm. Um, and I, I think the Falcons 
defensive woes are infinite, but uh, they, they can't <laughs> get pressure on the quarterback. Um, and with Dante Fowler sideline with a knee injury for the you know the next couple of weeks at the very least on IR, uh, it, it's basically the Grady Jarrett show mm-hmm. in terms of what they can do up front. And I know the Saints have been dealing with some injuries uh, up front these last couple of weeks, and and maybe they can take advantage of that uh, with you know that potential matchup between Grady Jarrett and, and whoever's going to be starting at left guard. I believe that's James Hurst. Am yes. I mistaken yeah. there? But I, I guess if, if Teron Armstead is sideline, would First kick over to left tackle? Very likely. Then you'd have Calvin Throckmorton plug in at uh, left guard. Okay. So, uh, you know, get well soon, Teron, but uh, not this week, uh, if, if <laughs> I can uh, put my two cents in there. But, yeah, I think the Falcons really need Grady Jarrett to really dominate in, in this game if they're going to have any success uh, pressuring, you know, whoever the quarterback is uh, this week and, and really throw a wrench. Obviously, we, we've been talking all day about the Saints aren't going to necessarily be uh, this pass happy team uh, based off of their expected game plan. But when they, you know, you're not going to be able to run the ball hundred percent of the time. So right. uh, if you can create that pressure and, and that could potentially lead to turnovers, um, then I think that's going to potentially benefit the Falcons. So I, I think Grady Jarrett needs to really have a big week this week because outside of him, there's really not a whole lot uh, on this Falcons defensive front that you can really look at and say, this guy can create pressure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think that's a, a great highlight. And that's one of those things that keeps the New Orleans Saints from being able to rebound if that offense is also scoring at a premium early on in the game, for sure, to have that pressure there against whomever is going to be the quarterback. We'll find out. Um, Andrews Pete out right now for the rest of the season. Right now, uh, James Hurst is plugged in there. But as Aaron mentioned, um, uh, Teron Armstead limited in practice with a groin injury. So we'll definitely keep an eye out on that to see how that progresses over the week. Uh, and then I'll say the final thing for me, that's going to be a big key for the new Orleans saints. So we go, we'll go uh, two and two here is uh, definitely going to be over on the offensive side every now and then pulling something out of the hat. I, I think this is going to be one of those games where you're going to see not necessarily a trick play, which you're going to be, you're going to see something that you don't expect. You're going to see a deep shot from Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill, but when they do them, they need to be executed properly. Taysom Hill and his, you know, deep ball accuracy, his deep ball arm. We saw the big one that looked like a punt to uh, Emmanuel Sanders last year against the Falcons. Those aren't going to win over and over and over again. They have to be better than that. And the ball has to come out a bit sooner. So for me, a big key key to victory here is going to be execution on deep, big plays in the passing game. Because they're going to, they're going to call them. They're going to try to take them. They're going to look for them. But when you get them, the execution absolutely has to be there from step one to step whatever that ends in either the end zone or, you know, down safely with the ball in a New Orleans Saints player's hand. You can't have any mishaps or anything come up short throughout all of these. So if you're going to, if you're going to go for those, which I know Sean Payton will, they have to be executed to perfection in this sort of new environment that the New Orleans Saints offense is going to try to operate itself through. So Aaron, we talked about betonline.ag right now. They have the New Orleans Saints favored. They're the home team, of course. Their favorite uh, minus six. How are you feeling about that? Uh, about that spread? What do you think you're going to be seeing in this game? Yeah, you know, I would generally look at this spread and, and go in the Saints' favor. I, you know, I can't think of how many, how often the Falcons have covered this year, even in some of the games that they've won. So, if you know, I'm giving 
the listeners recommendations for better line generally bet against the Falcons. Uh, that's probably going to lead you to making a little bit of mood loss. So for Falcon fans out there, there's at least a little bit of joy in your misery uh, watching <laughs> this football team. But uh, yeah, you know, I thought going into last week that the Falcons would have a little bit of a letdown game, but I figured that they would still walk away from that Carolina game with a victory and then probably go into the Saints game, you know, and, and probably get beat more uh, by a, a much bigger margin. Um, so, you know, now that the Falcons lost that Carolina game and the league, you know, everybody says it's any given Sunday, you never know what team's going to show up. So it wouldn't totally shock me if the Falcons were a lot more competitive this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, in general, I, I think, you know, the Saints are the smart bet uh, for this week's uh, matchup. Yeah, it's weird to come into a matchup here and and choose the New Orleans Saints when they're dealing with the injuries, the things like that they're dealing with. I mean, they're out there starting quarterback. Usually you would pick against that team. But because this team has built so much of its identity through its defense and its run game, 130 plus yards is going to be the total team rushing mark that they're going to look to hit going into this game. And generally when the Saints hit that, they win. And I think they should be able to do that again in this game. Uh, the run defense for the Atlanta Falcons just doesn't really it doesn't really generate much fear for me in terms of what the New Orleans Saints have faced and run against here already so far this season. What Alvin Kamara has the ability to create again, although he hasn't always had his best games against the Falcons. So I think I'm going to roll with the Saints here. I think that they'll find a way to win this one. My score prediction is is kind of in that like 23 to 16 area. I don't think it's a very high scoring game. I think these two teams remain competitive and maybe there's, you know, something wacky that happens at the end that makes it look worse than it actually was. But I do think that this is a situation to where the New Orleans Saints should be able to still come into this game and win, especially at home in a raucous crowd that's going to be there and a part of this factor as well, going up against a very hated Atlanta Falcons team when it comes to New Orleans Saints fans in that Superdome. So I'll take the Saints here, but, you know, it's hard to be fully confident going into this one just based upon what the New Orleans Saints are dealing with right now. But I think your big X factor here that makes me feel like I can make this pick, it it all comes down to Sean Payton. It all comes down to Sean Payton in this situation. Uh, Any closing thoughts at all for you, Aaron? No, that's it. You know, my hope is that the Braves mojo rubs off on the Falcons uh, so that they can carry that over to New Orleans and, and take care of business. But, uh, you know, uh, I hope those baseball players are, are vaccinated so that they're not necessarily uh, letting whatever that championship <laughs> disease or whatever the case may be uh, spread throughout the community. But, uh, yeah, no. Um, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a, a fun matchup. They, these games are always interesting between the Falcons and Saints and, and certainly always when one team is up or one team is down, they're always much, much more competitive than people uh, necessarily believe. Yeah. And a fun announcement for everybody. Aaron and I are going to be hanging out with Ricky Williams during this game uh, over on hang.live. So if you want to take part in that, go and sign up, head over to hang.live. You'll be getting more information about it all throughout the week. But just a heads up that that is on the way as well. So you'll be able to join us, Ricky Williams and other NFL legends while we're watching this game. Aaron, absolute pleasure. Speaking of the Braves, make sure you go and check out Locked on Braves. They just won the 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 world series go and show some support go and show some love we appreciate you making us your first listen of the day here at locked on falcons as well as locked on saints make sure you follow aaron over at locked on falcons at falc fans on twitter myself at ross jackson nola on twitter now that you're done here go and check out the peacock and williamson nfl show for everything you need to know around the nfl in less than 30 minutes we appreciate you being here for another locked on crossover locked on falcons locked on saints part of locked on podcast network your team every day